Hey everybody, this is Atkins. And this is Adam. And we're bringing you the 99th episode of the AMP. We are we are on the tail, on the heels of episode 100. Uh, we've been building steadily in this direction, I mean really since episode 1. Uh, but next time you hear our voices, it's going to be a special episode, a big moment for us. Yeah, episode 100. I mean, like, I think the night that we record that episode is actually our three-year anniversary, too, which is pretty crazy. It is. I had it on my calendar, and I, I realized that because we're going to record at a slightly different day uh, next time we sit down for an AMP, it will be on March 30th. Uh, and that is, according to the timestamp on our first published episode, at least it's the three-year anniversary of the AMP going live on uh, podcast feeds. So that's cool. Yeah, I've uh, been editing our original sit-down episode where we talked a handful of different uh, animes, and I'm trying to get it into like a presentable format so that way maybe we can uh, publish it out there for episode 100 as like a little bonus, like 100A or something, you know, 100B maybe. The the uh, One Piece stuff. Yeah, there's a little bit of One Piece in there. Um, so yeah, there's a. I think we talked about Overlord a little bit, although I haven't quite gotten to that point yet, and I don't think we talked about it enough to really include it. But we'll see. We'll see what the final product sounds like. It definitely won't likely sound like nor- one of our normal episodes. No, I wouldn't guess so. I had forgot that we'd even considered Overlord. Yeah, you know, the funny thing was, I think the only reason we didn't do Overlord was because it was like streaming all over the place at the time. So like. Season one was on Hulu and season two was on Funimation. And like, I think the maybe season two was also on Netflix, but season one wasn't there. So because we couldn't easily get to it in one place, I think we were like, ah, screw it. Let's do my hero. (laughs) Probably for the best. I mean, I uh, had another friend of mine uh, have me sit down and and we watched, I don't know, like maybe half of the first season of Overlord and it wasn't really grabbing me. And it hasn't really come up in many discussions. I don't think even in our discord is one that other people are are watching and enjoying. I could be wrong. You know, and I don't see like, I know this is maybe not the best indicator, but I feel like it's a pretty good one. When I go to the store, I see My Hero toys. I don't see Overlord toys anywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And I think that that was one of the bigger reasons outside of just being scared to death of the longevity of of One Piece. Uh, the other big reason why we went for My Hero was because it was it was the hotness. It wasn't even really new. Like it was maybe a year or two old when you and I first sat down to it and we played catch up really quickly. So it wasn't like the new anime on the block as far as like it just aired its first season. Um, and it, it was it was a hot topic amongst uh, a lot of anime watchers and seemed like we made the right decision. I think so. I've really enjoyed it um, for sure. I mean, it's uh, especially now that we've like nearly gotten to the individual aunties. This is a really well fleshed out storyline or not storyline, but just world like I, I really like the world in general. Yeah, they've done a really good job of exploring different angles of it, too. Like across, um, obviously, we have this spinoff that is Vigilantes, uh, the anime, but you also get uh, different flavors of the world with uh, the Smash volumes, which we'll be circling back around to here shortly, I'd imagine. Uh, So there's lots of there's lots of little corners of that fandom. Uh, Team Up Missions is out now. I think that there's um, there's probably some corners that you and I even aren't uh, aren't even aware of. Some like official product that we've overlooked somehow. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of new games coming out that look really interesting. Uh, I know there's some talk about that in the Discord, and so it, it seems like uh, My Hero in general has a lot going for it, which which is awesome. Like, congrats to the, everybody working on it. That's a that's such a cool feat, you know. It is, and uh, we are, uh, and we've announced this uh, not only in AMP, but also in Kyo Cinema, as 
as a part of episode 100, for the for the majority of episode 100, we're going to kind of be steered by our audience in some unique ways. So Adam had created a questionnaire that will be linked in the description of this podcast. Um, it has been linked in previous episodes of ours that uh, will only take a couple minutes really to fill out. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to ask us some uh, multiple choice questions uh, in like a trivia format some open-ended discussion questions um, that you would like, you know, a question that you have that you would like Adam and I to discuss or to lend our thoughts to, uh, and then also a section where you can just name a quirk, uh, and then we have to figure out um, or submit our own thoughts on what that quirk would be. Um, So all that stuff is pretty fun. We've gotten uh, quite a few submissions on that front. There's still time as you're listening to this. Uh, there's still time to fill out that questionnaire. Time will run out really when we sit down on March 30th to uh, to start uh, working our way through those. Yeah, I'm really excited because a lot of the questions that I've seen, I've not seen the multiple choice ones. I'm staying away from those because of the way that form displays the answers pretty easily. Uh, but I did review some of the quirk names and also some of the kind of like open forum questions for Adkins and I, and I'm stoked. Like I can't, I can't wait for episode 100. It's going to be fun. Uh, I think we'll probably definitely go long. It'll be a longer episode, so slot some time for it. Uh, But I think it'll be a good time. I agree. And we also decided kind of off the cuff last time he and I sat down together to record that we would like to not really incentivize. We're not advertising this outside of what you're you're hearing right now. This is it. Um, So we're not talking about this on Twitter or anywhere else. Uh, so this is for listeners only, not for any bots looking for contests um, on Twitter, uh, which we've definitely had some run-ins with in the past. Um, but if you submit a questionnaire, uh, then you are automatically entered for a chance to win a little bit of a, a goodie package from Adam and I that's going to comprise uh, some some goods that, that he and I have um, access to just in our own homes, uh, along with a hand-picked item from Adam and a hand-picked item from myself. And we will ship, if you're continental United States, we'll ship that to you um, and it will come to your home or apartment. Uh, if you're not, then what we will do is we'll figure out a way to give you like a cash equivalent on like Amazon or something like that. Because we don't want to limit this one if we can to just stateside uh, listeners, because we know that that's not the entirety of our audience. So we want we want to open this one up where we can. Yeah, I think that would be awesome. And uh, keep them coming. We got a lot of really great questions in there. Uh, I'd love to see more, but we'd like to give back to the folks that are helping make the show what it is. And the folks that have submitted something definitely are part of that. You know, the, our, our friends from the last three years. Yeah. Yeah. We've got submissions from a lot of folks in our discord, a couple of our followers on Twitter, and even another, uh, my hero podcast, the, the hero notes podcast guys contributed and, and gave us some questions. I'm curious. I'm, I'm still scared of the trivia section, especially coming from those guys. <laughs> Like, I still feel like the trivia section is going to be public humiliation for me, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm game. I'll, I'll play ball. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I, st- I swear somebody's going to ask us, like, what's Ed Shot's real name? And I'm going to be like, I don't, I, I'll have a 25% chance just by merit of the way that we formatted those questions to be <laughs> multiple choice, but that's. That's about as good as I can hope for some some of those questions. Well, and I had the realization too that like the questions could be vigilantes and my hero proper, so we really don't know what we're gonna getting ourselves into. Uh, but you know we're, we'll have some questions in there that aren't uh, like 
fan driven, so they probably won't be as difficult. Like I'm aggregating some multiple choice questions from across the internet, so uh, uh, we'll make it fun. It'll be good either way. We had to, now. I I totally forgot. Hadn't we talked about taking one of those like what my hero academia character personality quizzes as a part of 100? Are we still doing that? Oh, we could. I don't see why not. I think I had it's, one. It's our episode 100. We can do whatever we want with it. I think I had one bookmarked. Um, so yeah, maybe that'll be fun too. Just to yeah. see if if we come out who we come out as. I mean, will yeah. I end up as Aizawa, and will you end up as Present Mike? That would be interesting, wouldn't it? That would be interesting. Yeah. Why don't you uh, send over the link you've got, and we'll take those and uh, add that in there as a quick discussion as well. All right, so episode 100 continues to grow and evolve, and we want you to be a part of that discussion. So be sure to visit the the, the link in the description. Uh, follow us on Twitter at AlmightyPod, uh, and you will find it uh, once a week at least. I'm reminding folks that it's still an opportunity. Um, and then you can also find a pinned tweet that has uh, RSS links to Almighty Podcast and Kyo Cinema. Uh, as well as links to the websites for each, and also a link to the Discord, where uh, he and I and a handful of uh, faithful listeners and friends are pretty active day-to-day. Absolutely. Well, what do you say we jump right into chapters 106 and 107 of My Hero Academia Vigilantes? Sounds good to me. So 106, we pick kind of right up where we left off. You know, we've had this big fight finally come to a bit of a head between Koichi and Six. Uh, And this chapter picks up with our buddy Wrapped and Moyu, or as he calls him, Moyu. And uh, they're standing there. They're like interacting with these no-moos, these anonymous villains that have just kind of totally gone on pause i'm gonna say <laughs> they're just frozen and they're like throwing rocks at them and stuff and it's funny because uh, moyu is like hey come on they could explode like let's not do that uh, but soga drives up he's asking for status updates and they explain that koichi kind of like flew back down from the sky and the villain came out and then they sped off that away and it's moyu pointing off into the distance so soga flies off and uh it's funny because he tells them like hey you guys got to get somewhere safe. And of course, Rapt is like, is there somewhere safe? Like, where, where could we even go around here? I love that uh, the opening panels of, of episode 106 show the very different personalities of Rapt and, and Moyu. Because uh, Rapt is, he's got a rock and he's just throwing it at the uh, Anons. Uh, and Moyu is freaking out. He's like, they're going to explode. Like, uh, he's very careful and guarded where Rapt is a little bit more, uh, like, high strung, higher energy, a little bit more risk taking. Uh, so that's, I thought that was uh, really, it was a moment of comedic effect, right? Um, where you see their personalities at odds with one another. So yeah, uh, Soga rushes off on his bike. And I just had the thought, I just realized this, uh, after we finish 106 and 107, he still hasn't even arrived on the scene. So that's something I guess that we'll be expecting uh, in the future. I hadn't even, hadn't even really thought about that until just now. Yeah, I hadn't considered the idea that he would show up between the fight of Koichi and Six. Like, I just kind of assumed he would stay back. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, it seems to be his intent to to go where they are. So yeah, uh, that'll be interesting weird. to keep an eye out for. But we catch up with uh, Six and Koichi, and Koichi is steadily and determinedly leading Six away from the hospital. Um, that has been hit, kind of his design this whole time. So he's, uh, we, we, when we left off, he had assumed the kowtow position and then use slide and glide uh, to start that chase. And so Six is in hot pursuit, and he's growing frustrated because he is trying to, what what he describes, he's trying to exploit Koichi's blind spots. And so he's he's running quickly behind Koichi and then making leaps 
uh, with his like bomber fists and punching uh, down into the spaces where Koichi used to occupy. But it it's always that Koichi used to occupy these spaces. Koichi is always managing to stay just uh, just out of the place where he has aimed his fist. And uh, the overclock visage is letting number six know that Koichi's plan, obviously, is to lead him away from the hospital and possibly towards All Might. Uh, and six is still as determined as ever to squash Koichi like the bug that he really is. Yeah, he says, like, you're taking the bait hook, line, and sinker. And you're right. Six is just kind of like, well, I just got to kill him quick, like real quick. And we see a scene of him trying to go after Koichi. And then there's this really cool panel of Koichi's like after shadow directly next to him. I thought that was a cool touch. Uh, another really cool thing here is if you are on these chapters, at least on the website, um, if you're holding the book, I imagine they're like this as well. Pages four and five, the bottom right hand panel is Koichi like almost mid jump. And then on the very next page, that same exact panel is six. And he's kind of in his like, you know, head down running mode. And they it's just really cool parallels on these two panels, I thought. Yeah, I see what you're talking about. Um, like they're in almost identical positions and they're just both as concentrated as could be. And six even looks kind of like Koichi in the, these panels just because of how similarly drawn they are. And I guess also because of, you know, Koichi's inspiration for his current face. Yeah, I think it's cool, too, that they even as they're trying to describe, they don't, this is something that they show a little bit more than they tell, which I always appreciate. Um, but it has been hinted to us, I think in the previous pair of chapters, that if Six is in the air, that he doesn't have uh, any kind of maneuverability. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. we see that here. That's what's working against him. And um, he, so he's he realizes, or this o'clock visage explains to him, that as you leap forward to strike... Um, he's dodging out of the way and you aren't able to to move in reaction to his move because you're mid-flight. And he even goes on to say that sound is the key, that Koichi must be listening for the sounds of his footsteps and the sound, the automatopoeia in the manga is tomp, T-O-M-P, that he makes as he firmly plants a foot uh, and and pushes off of it uh, to to begin that, that leaping punch. Um, and he starts to explain that Koichi must be either out of pure instinct or even subconsciously is, is dodging and, and using that, uh, that audio cue as the signal to, to make his move. Yeah, he instructs Six to alter the approach, like eliminate the hang time and, and get even closer in. And uh, they kind of explain that the maximum running speed for humans before the advent of Quirk was about 45 kilometers per hour. And once a body moves faster than that, air resistance starts pushing back. So Six realizes that in order to basically be faster and get ahead, he's going to have to change up his style a little bit. And so we see his hands grow these kind of like really thick, long fingernails and get real almost scaly looking. And he goes down on all fours in what he calls crawler style. And he's got like his, I'm going to say his paws like dug into the ground as he's gripping to be able to maneuver himself forward faster. And it's, it's pretty menacing. Like it's really freaky too, seeing Koichi running from him. And like, I can't imagine being in that scenario and turning around after hearing this, like weird, they, they've got SHNK, like shink, like into the ground, like that noise. And just being like, what, what's that about? What's going on behind me? And then seeing six turn into this would be pretty freaky. Uh, Koichi says it's like some sort of creature, and uh, he turns around and does some shooty-go-blams, but uh, Six is able to dodge every single one of them. 
Yeah, see, and I think that in this case, he is actually shooting at six. Like, oh, I, yeah. I think I yeah. theorized in, in previous episode of the AMP that he was kind of shooting around six. Here, I didn't get that um, that feeling. But uh, a couple of things just really quickly before we catch up with uh, the, the end result of these shooty go blames and what, what proceeds afterwards. You had mentioned that the maximum running speed for humans before the advent of quirks was about 45 kilometers per hour. Yes. That's actually accurate. Like, that's like Usain Bolt's speed is like 44 points, like seven, eight uh, kilometers per hour. That's so, fast. That's yeah. crazy fast. Yeah. It, it's like 27 plus miles per hour um, at a sprint, which is nuts. And these two are far outstripping that speed, obviously. I wonder how fast they're actually going. Do you think it's like 20 kilometers per hour more than this? Like 65-ish kilometers per hour? Do you think that they're going like really crazy fast? Like I'm thinking like 100 miles per hour plus. I mean, I would say easily double that, maybe triple or higher. I mean, because you're talking about Ingenium plus speeds. Um, and Ingenium ain't just jogging at, you know, 50 miles an hour, I would guess. Yeah, it seems like he's he's keeping up with like I feel like we saw a few times where he he's keeping up with like eighteen wheelers. Yeah, I I also super hate crawler style. It is it's it is creepy. horrifying. Yeah. Um. One of the things that I and I I I found out uh, as I as I grew older, this is something that I shared with my dad. But we don't. There are certain types of like body horror that we can't tolerate. We don't really mind like blood, gore, uh, you know, body parts, you know, being ripped off whatever that kind of thing is fine it doesn't phase us at all but if somebody uses their body in a way that doesn't seem natural like one of the prime examples was in the exorcist when uh, the little girl comes down the stairs and this uh-huh. like backward spider crawl thing or watching any kind of like extreme contortionists it it's it's just unsettling and if you look at crawler style versus crawler's actual form you'll see that koichi's knees point forwards towards his elbows which is what they would do if a regular human being got down in a position like Koichi's six's knees do not they point like up and away from his body almost like a frog stance yeah no no like I would say Koichi's is like a frog stance I don't know what six's legs are doing but it's it's unsettling it's crazy if you ever played Mass Effect, it's a lot like the uh, Geth snipers that like crawl around that's what it reminds me of it's it's unsettling. And then <laughs> I had this silly it doesn't really it doesn't really show this like I wanted to see a little bit more of his body in actual motion, like the motions that Six's body is actually performing to to keep up with Koichi in this position. And the in the only panels where he's m- moving, it seems like his legs are st- like all four points of contact are are maintained. Like you don't see like one knee higher than the other or like, That's true. Yeah. you know, a, a front arm and a back leg up like like some sort of four legged creature would have to run. So I had it in my head that maybe what they're doing, because the uh, let's see. So if you're looking at the panel where it says number six crawler style and you look on the very next page, um, you can see his fingers are up and I, <laughs> like his his right hand's fingers are aren't in contact with the uh, with the concrete. Yeah. Do you think it's just his digits that are moving him? That's what I kind of thought. Yeah. Oh <laughs> God, that's terrifying. <laughs> it wouldn't make any sense, but that does seem like really silly that he would be like using just his fingers and toes to like move really quickly across the ground. That that's even oh. more unsettling than that is. Uh, you know what what it would be if he was lifting one of his back legs up. But we don't really get a good shot of him doing that. I do assume that's what he's doing. But I did have the thought it would be nuts if it was just his fingers and toes <laughs> moving, that and he just stayed in that stiff position while he moved. 
that adds like 10 to the creep factor for me. That's yeah. that's way creepier than the other way. Yeah, holy cow. Well, Six is able to like dodge all those shooty go blams, make it right past Koichi and pop up behind him. And he seems like his body almost contorts back to normal. It's the way that they draw this, the images in my head of him going from like crawler style back to regular style. There's a lot of bone cracking and like nasty sounds, you know. Uh, but he he does this thing again where he is about to punch Koichi and they give him the uh, uh, Infinity Gauntlet for some reason. And he, of course he claims that because Koichi is in midair, he's going to be able to take him out. And so he goes in for the killer blow, but it's like at the last moment, Koichi's able to form one of his weird little shooty-go-blam kind of halos right on his back. So it's able to completely block and deflect this blow like we've seen in the past couple of uh, chapters. And uh, it's funny because immediately, of course, uh, Six is like, well, it's a good thing I've got two hands. And he goes in for another killing blow, but Koichi's able to reflect it. It's it's like he didn't even think about it. It just sort of happened. And uh, so we see Six standing there. He's got one arm completely blown off. Koichi seems to be recovering like near the sidelines a little bit. And uh, Six is pissed at this point. He's like, how is he doing this? How, he can all of a sudden just project those force fields anywhere on his body, not just his hands and feet. Like, it's it's ridiculous. And so he, he's trying to figure out how he's even reacting to the overclock speed. Like, it's one thing that he can dodge his his moves, but how is he able to even keep up? Which is something I think I brought up this last episode, I think it was. Like, I, I get maybe once or twice, but... Koichi being able to completely keep up with Overclock, that's nuts. Yeah, we get a little bit of an explanation for that with this subconscious reaction kind of thing that O'Clock gets into a little bit more in the next episode. A um, couple questions for you, Adam. Well, well, one question and one thing that I thought didn't make some sense, or maybe Six is just too caught up to have remembered. So he acts like Koichi cannot maneuver in midair, but... He can. Like, that's one of the things that the O'Clock Visage explicitly explained to Six in a previous chapter was like, his maneuverability is greater than yours. He's not similarly uh, hindered if he's in the air. In fact, a lot of his uh, extra mobility as compared to that of Six's has to do with his ability to move in the air. Um, So I I wondered why Six said, this time you're in midair as if Haha, you can't maneuver now either, um, because yeah. Koichi totally could. I had the same thought too. Like it felt weird that it, it almost felt not as much as a like oh six forgot as much as a like hey now I've got you in that same position you had me, but I won't chicken out. Like I'm going to take you down. Okay, that makes some. That's sense. kind of how I saw it. Like oh I'm not the one in midair now. It's you. Like I I'm not going to hold back. But I can see your point too. Like it does make it sound like maybe six just wasn't paying attention, which I wouldn't put past him. Well, if you're, hmm, so if you're comparing it to when Koichi had six dead to rights, yeah, he was in the air. It was when he landed on his back that Koichi had his opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I think he, he even hesitated too, though, when he was in the air, I feel like that was a thing, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, that's when the, uh, image of pop popped into his head, right? That was like, um, well, that was when he was on the ground that he was about to shooty go blam his brains out. Yeah. And uh, then he thought about pop. But I feel like right before that, he had six like mid air, and that was how he was kind of able to take him out, but he didn't totally go for it. Gotcha. And then you had mentioned that six kind of going from a uh, crawler style to back to his, what you know, base form or whatever you mm-hmm. want to call it. Do you 
you said that it would sound like a bunch of bones cracking. Does does six have bones? Probably not. <laughs> but it would make some kind of weird squelching noise if I was directing. Yeah, I mean, he, <laughs> it's conceivable that he does because of the way that his body can like regenerate all of its cells and like, you know, bones are comprised of cells, obviously. Um, but yeah, I hadn't had, I hadn't really had that thought because we've seen him like totally liquid, liquidate himself, right? Um, that's true. Yeah. So anyway, and then we see him like at the end of spoiler alerts, um, which like, you know, whatever, if you're listening, hopefully you've read or don't care (laughs) about the fact that we talk (laughs) about spoilers. Um, but the end of 107, he takes on this whole other form where like his standard bone structure wouldn't make any sense regardless. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, anyway, he is he like silly putty? I guess that there's room for him to have bones, but I just hadn't thought about it until you said that he did just by implying that they made sound when he transformed. He's so theatrical that he may not have bones, but he probably has like a little hidden cassette player just so that way he could make crackling noises, you know, just to, yeah, yeah. to put on. Because I feel like he's very romantic. He, he wants things to look, sound, be the way he, he feels like they should. So I could see him doing something ridiculous like that. Yeah, so just like in, uh, you, you talk about him being theatrical at the beginning of episode 107, which was called The Days to Come. And again, I think we might have missed the title for 106. 106 was called Tag. There you go. Which is all fine. The, I mean, makes like, all the sense. Yeah, there's a panel of them blowing up the city, basically, playing Tag. Yeah. Um, the, the beginning of 107 is him walking up to a car and just uh, doing his little Infinity Gauntlet uh, bomber knuckles and, and swatting the car and it exploding. As if he had to show Koichi, just in case you forgot, this is what I'm capable of. Like, he even says, see that? My knuckle bombs can send a, scar, uh, a car to the scrapyard. Like, Koichi knows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. <laughs> he's seen to do the thing. Um, but I, I did think that him, that was, you know, kind of a theatrical, maybe kind of like he's rolling for intimidation, maybe a little oh, bit. absolutely. On, on Koichi. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, he loves the theatrics. That's been his, his gist the whole time. He likes putting on a good show, even if it's just for himself. Like he's a he's a bit of a um conductor, if that makes sense. He likes things to go his way and he likes to show off. Like he's very powerful. He wants to be known. That's why he's flashy. It's funny because I get the sense that for six a lot you just said that he does it a lot for himself. I agree. I think that especially with regards to Koichi, Six is trying so hard to convince himself that he is to Koichi as uh, as he is in his own mind right. to everyone. Um, and it's so frustrating to him that he doesn't seem to be that guy, doesn't seem to have that power, just against this one little chump kid in an All Might hoodie. Which, oh, by the way, I meant to say this too. Uh, that's why he was able to manifest those blasts on the back, man. He's trying to protect the, the All Might hoodie, man. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah, I imagine it would be really frustrating for Six in particular, because up until this point, He's been incredibly successful as far as we are aware. And then all of a sudden, there's just this goofy, chumpy vigilante that's getting in the way. Like, that doesn't fit the picture at all. I mean, this this guy's a true villain. Like, he's been able to evade heroes. Who is this Koichi guy? He's just some dude, you know? I mean, I, I could see why that would just get, get under his ego to begin with. The yeah, fact that and- Koichi is of so little importance, you know, that he, but he is, for some reason, able to consistently one-up six in his own mind. And what's interesting, too, is even we as readers, I think that there is a a place where if we were to have the option of which quirk would you rather have, overclock or slide and glide, based on, you know, the earliest presentations of both, 
very few people would be like, hell yeah, slide and glide, you know? <laughs> True, yeah. Um, and so Six has this perception of overclock versus slide and glide. I think that's working against him too, where slide and glide is so, it has so many more dimensions or applications than it than Six seems to be able to uh, work out of overclock. Now, I do think that that's going to start changing. I think that there's a part of conversation that comes up here uh, in 107 where he kind of is implying maybe that he has, his body has been engineered to compensate for the shortcomings that, uh, that, you know, Knuckle Duster had when he was in possession of overclock. Some physical limitations have been compensated for or overcome. So I do think that we're, we're going to see way more applications later on that he was just physically incapable of doing versus what Six is able to with the way that his body works now. Um, so just like we have seen Koichi manifest new applications um, for his quirk and and the subconscious stuff, which we'll talk about in a second too, um, I think that we're going to see a similar kind of unveiling for Six here in the next couple of chapters as well. I think so. And I, I'm wondering if maybe... I don't want to say we're going to see him humbled, but I wonder if he will actually slow down for a second to kind of be able to pick himself back up and become that villain that he typically is because he's kind of letting Koichi pick him apart. Like he's, he's stuck in his own head right now. And because he can't seem to see the forest between the trees, he's not able to, to really take Koichi out. Like I think he should be able to, I, I feel like the fact that Koichi's alive is a miracle to be honest. Well, and I think that Six thinks that too. And and so like after he does the intimidating smack of the car, he's asking Koichi directly, how in the world are you still alive? Like, I want to know how you're doing it. And Koichi is like honestly baffled and has no answer. Um, and the O'Clock visage is like, you know, he doesn't seem like he's playing dumb. I think that he genuinely doesn't know how he's doing this, which makes it seem like he's he's managing all of this subconsciously. And Six's response is he interprets that as just luck and he compares it to button mashing. Um, but it's funny because the next thing that Six does is what I would consider to be button mashing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like button mashing isn't the thing you don't typically think of button mashing as going hard on defense in anything. It's being kind of all over the board with offense and just hoping something lands, which is what which is exactly what Six starts doing immediately right yeah. after he makes that uh, that comparison. Yeah, because he, he considers getting lucky or, uh, you know, what Koichi's doing is like desperate button mashing. But then he's immediately like, well, button mashing won't work against a, a rush. And so he goes in and he starts trying to just hit Koichi as many times as he can. And there's a pretty cool panel here where Koichi's summoning those like halos that he can do. And uh, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like, hey, hold on. What's going on? Uh, but he's able to to deflect all of them. And it's funny because the visage is like, I don't know about that. Why would you not use your knuckle bombs? Like quantity over quality, question mark. And, and he says, how ill-advised. Uh, then he kind of explains the quirk and is like, you know, if you had All Might's overwhelming strength along with that brute force, that might work. But because you don't have that level of strength, it's not really going to do what you expect it to. And this is when uh, Six himself is like, well, speak for yourself, O'Clock. Like, you didn't have the right body to make good use of this quirk, but I can bulldoze past your limits. And he kind of does kick it up a notch. And we see in this next panel, Koichi's still deflecting everything, but Six is going at it two or three times faster than I think we previously thought he maybe could. Yeah, and he's doing the button mashing here. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> like, yeah. He's definitely the one that's the button masher now. So he is—he has become the embodiment of the very thing that he accused Koichi of being. 
Um, and so he's like, he's pointing out to this visage uh, that his Koichi's hands can't keep up anymore. So he's starting to see those uh, force fields erupt even from Koichi's body. And all he really needs is to land one punch to kind of uh, rock Koichi a little bit and, and throw that cycle off. Um, but he's noticing that this defense is super weirdly precise, like it's happening right at the split second before his punches lands. Uh, so he goes into this other gear. Like if he's already shifted up once, he's, he's shifted up again. Uh, he even uses that terminology. I guess I got to shift into a higher gear um, and overmatch his predictions. Uh, and he does finally manage to land a gut punch to Koichi. And it looks violent. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I, I kind of was like, I wouldn't have been surprised to have seen like Koichi vomiting uh, in in that panel. Yeah. You know, like sometimes you see that like a, yeah, a strong gut punch and you see somebody that's just just spits up a little bit, even if it's just, uh, you know, saliva that happens in a lot of fighting anime. Cell throws up an entire android. Yeah, that's right. That's true. <laughs> like uh, if that's not the gut punch of the century, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. So then because he's created this opening and thrown off that that kind of subconscious defense of Koichi's, this is where Six uh, brings back uh, the the bomber knuckles uh, and plans to just decapitate Koichi, basically. But he is interrupted in his as he's bringing that fist towards Koichi, Koichi fires a shooting go blam and, and Six is just barely able to dodge out of the way. Yeah, just barely. It almost looks like it even kind of scrapes his uh, cheek because in the next panel, that particular side of his face is a little bruised and he has lost it. I mean, his eyes look like he's just like, what the hell? Like, there's no way. How did he absolutely like he interrupted my acceleration state? And he's explaining that overclock speed is unmatched. Like, this shouldn't have happened. And behind him, we see the visage just say, oh, I see now. As if, like, we're all seeing exactly what he's seeing. But he goes in to explain that now and then, the human body will take action without waiting for a conscious decision to be made. And it's sort of that age-old saying we've heard from the get-go of My Hero proper, that sometimes when a hero is doing the right thing, their body just acts, and they catch themselves in the moment. And it seems like this must just be what Koichi is doing this entire fight. And it's likely that a large portion of like his actions are just subconscious actions, that he's not actively dodging or deflecting all of these blows quite the way that you know Six is interpreting it, that he's kind of just doing this automatically. Um, and so the visage goes on to explain that while it's true that your brain, Six's brain, can process thoughts faster than anyone, it seems that Koichi's body can act even faster than Six's thoughts. And uh, this is where he explains to Six, like, you need to get out of here. Never encounter the crawler again. And he explains that with proper use of his superior quirk, um, that this guy's basically the perfect foil for Six. That, like, right now, he may be able to take him out, maybe, but if he continues to let Koichi grow and fully utilize his quirk, he's going to be the perfect foil. Yeah, so I struggled with a couple things here. Um, the first is this, uh, th this new kind of, dimension to the subconscious reaction stuff. I think in one of the previous A&P episodes, I had talked about how I thought that, that that hero quality was that subconscious urge or drive or move to do the heroic thing um, because that's a, a characteristic of yours or a quality, uh, a disposition of yours, right? Here, it's it's it almost presents itself as another kind of quirk. Um, I don't think that that's actually the case, but it's it's 
the subconscious movements that he's uh, got on display here is different than the way that I was thinking about the heroes reflectively, reflexively their bodies doing things that, that they weren't even thinking about. This seems like another, like a, a whole different angle on that subconscious movement, if that makes some sense. I agree. I, the way this is talked about feels like, you know, secondary quirk basically, but, and I don't think they intend for it to be another layer of his quirk or a second no, no. quirk or anything like that. But I do feel like the way it's talked about is as if he has some kind of like heightened senses. In fact, it was really difficult for me because I read this week's or this most recent chapter of Dragon Ball Super, which is yep. like at the end, Goku's talking about Ultra Instinct. And then I read these two chapters and I was like, oh, it's just Ultra Instinct for Koichi. Uh, it is. I mean, that kind of is what it feels like. Yeah, that's that was the closest analog that I could think of. That's how I was thinking about this as well. I was thinking even all the way back to like its first kind of description in uh, what, Resurrection F maybe is the one where uh, Vegeta and Whis or, or Vegeta and Goku are training with Whis, and Whis is talking about how if you get if you master th this movement, then your body moves without your brain having to tell it to. Right. And that's exactly what this seems like to me. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, it, I don't want to say it wouldn't surprise me because this I think this would actually kind of surprise me a bit if they came out and explained that there's more to his quirk than we realize, that it's not like he can manipulate things around him and create these like force fields. It's more like he has a weird protection quirk or something. You know what I mean? Like it would just be, I don't know, it, it would be goofy for them to tack this on to his current quirk. So for now, I just like to think that he has heightened senses because he does, you know? Well, it would make some sense, like if you think about superheroes traditionally that have a a high speed power or quirk or whatever you want to call it, typically paired with that, you have to have a subsequent rise in your reflexes. Right. Otherwise, you're running too so fast that even you can't react to that speed and you end up running into walls or people or whatever the case might be, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they actually make kind of a point of that in The Boys, if you've ever watched that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm excited about the third season, by Me the way. Me too. They've got, uh, they brought on uh, one of the guys from Supernatural. That's like one of my favorite shows. So excited the, to see him in something new. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I shouldn't like the boys as much as I do, but I do. Yeah, it's good. It's terrible. I can't recommend it, but also you should watch it. Um, <laughs> the, the other thing that I took issue with is like, if you're listening to The Visage talk about uh, telling Six that he needs to leave... If I were six, I would understandably interpret it as, no, I need to leave and or I don't need to leave. I need to finish this right now. Because what the visage says is at the moment, he can only flee and dodge. But in the days to come, if he has the opportunity to build up experience and go on the offensive, then he'll be this perfect foil for you. So I could see where six could hear those words and say, well, I don't need to walk away from this then. I need to squash him right now and do whatever it takes. I don't, I don't need to give him that time or opportunity to gain those offensive powers like you're describing. Yeah, but to be fair, in the Visage's case here, and I mean, we're assuming that the Visage is some rational part of Six at the moment, right? So if that's the case, he also is aware of the fact that this is a big trap, right? Like Koichi could be leading him right to All Might. So if he's going to survive, it may be best for him to walk away now while he knows All Might's not around. If All Might wasn't around, then I could see your argument too. Like, just get rid of him now. But the fact that there's other dangers out there right now, I think the Visage, at least, is trying to tell Six, like, hey, you need to stay alive. Like, you might be able to fight this another day, but All Might may be right around the corner as well. 
yeah, that rational part shouldn't have used the phrase ever again then. I know, yeah. I, I think know? that was just bad, bad phrasing. Yeah, that's definitely, that's like, that's definitely triggering phrasing for for it is. six. Here. And I will say, I also kind of didn't like how heavy handed it was. Like, we don't need to be told, and I don't think that six needs to be told that this, that Koichi is such a formidable foe. Like, we're seeing it. You know what I mean? It's there. Like, I don't even think six needed to be told that at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, he gets frustrated and he's like, I don't give a damn about the days to come or whatever. Today was supposed to be my turn. And he's, so he says the crawler is now target numero uno, which is an interesting thing for him to say, in my opinion. Yeah, I always um, kind of thought tar- that he was the number one target. Like, I guess Pops was, but. Yeah, uh, so that's the thing, right? I think I had talked previously about the, why is he going after Pop? And it was because he was being vindictive towards Koichi. Right. Um, and now he has Koichi. And so, like, that's that's his end and his goal. But this language seems to imply that Koichi wasn't the the prime directive or objective for him. Um, and that could just be, again, weird phrasing. But, uh, yeah, I thought that that was interesting that he says now he's target numero uno um, instead of not saying that and us assuming that that's why he was going after pop at all, which right. was the thing that made some sense, I think previously. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was kind of weird myself. Cause it's like, well, okay, then I, it makes me wonder what his other prime directive was. If it wasn't just to get at Koichi and pop together, but regardless, uh, he decides that because, uh, the, you know, the crawler is able to deflect and get away and he's now been enraged by the visage, uh, he says his full power is going to take him down and he starts to like kind of transform and he puts his hand up to his face like he's removing a mask, which I thought was kind of funny, but he just changes the way he looks entirely. And he says Operation Anonymous Phase 6, I guess, is now active, uh, but he just he just says Operation Anonymous Phase 6 and he's very Nomu looking now. Um, he Something about this feels familiar, like he reminds me of something, but I can't quite put my finger on it. He he kind of looks like a xenomorph a little bit. Um, yeah, I think like it's with, the teeth. He kind of reminds me of Sloth from Full Metal Alchemist. Okay, yeah, I mean, like this position that he adopts, it looks like he's got some protrusions on his back. Um, he's got he's still got two arms and two legs, but it looks like he has a tail. Also, yeah, um, maybe it's really hard to tell with this particular drawing. Um, but yeah, it's it's just, and he also has four four eyes kind of. Um, he still kept his scar, which I I imagine that that's going to persist. Just that I, I think that we've come to the conclusion that that scar is an aesthetic choice of his. So yeah, I of agree. course it would. Um, but yeah, uh, getting back to the the target numero uno thing, <laughs> like that's the only like understanding or thinking this whole time that Koichi was really his his prime objective the whole time is the only reason why he would have left the hospital or or chased after Koichi away from the hospital, right? That's what I would have thought. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, I thought that that was such a weird thing to say for, for that reason. Exactly. Ko- we, uh, Six has been, I mean, obsessed with Koichi, not just, I want to look like the guy or you inspired my rock Nomura, uh, you know, f- design. Um, but it's just, adamant that he needs to go so that six can shine right and so koichi is this carrot on the end of a stick almost literally uh you know the carrot on the end of the stick is this phrase um if if you think about it you know you you kind of picture somebody either on the back 
of, uh, you know, a work animal of some kind, and they've got a, a carrot on the end of a stick that they dangle in front of the face of that work animal that the work animal will never will never obtain because that carrot is in a fixed position relative to its face. Um, so he, as even as he walks towards it, that carrot moves also. And we're seeing that here with Koichi, like Six literally can't catch this kid, <laughs> you know, but he wants him. Uh, and so he's he's he'll go wherever Koichi goes. I mean, he was frustrated and kind of brokenhearted, sad um, when Koichi took off. You know, he was like, oh, man, like this is the worst time for you to just leave. Things were just getting started. And and then when he comes back, you see that grin creep across his face where he's like, yes, this you are what I want. And I will I will follow you wherever you may go, you know. Um, and so I don't know that that I didn't really like that line. Maybe maybe the folks listening will have a different take on that. Do you think that it was, I'm, I don't know if maybe I'm mis- misremembering things and maybe tying very loose threads together. Do, does Six know about Knuckle Duster and that he was O'Clock? Uh, I can't remember. Because I remember them fighting and I remember it being a big deal, but I don't remember if he put two and two together. I feel like he did. I feel like maybe Knuckle Duster even said like, you've got my quirk or something like that. Yeah, you I know. do. That, that, that's ringing some bells. Man, see, this is exactly what I'm worried about when it comes to trivia. <laughs> right. It's going to be like, I don't know. And then you'll be like, well, it's answer C. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Well, I'm just wondering if maybe he is aware that Knuckle Duster is alive and the whole thing with Koichi and Pop was to draw him back out. But that doesn't sound right either. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree with you that that phrasing is weird. And I didn't really think too much about it until you pointed it out. But now I really don't like it. So thank you for that. I'm also curious, too, as to whether or not phase six was actually a part of the plan from the beginning. Um, I don't think it was. I think I think this was the like plan C, you know, like I don't think this was part of the original plan because I don't think they thought they were going to have to get this far. Like, yeah, I really think they expected to just knock down the doors of that hospital and take Koichi and pop out pretty quick, honestly, or or just pop or just just kill pop and leave. I mean, that's what uh, the clock visage was trying to get him to do. Like, he's like, hey, you just need to slip in there, kill the girl and then leave. Right. And that was that was something that pissed Six off because he was like, well, then I won't get the credit for that. Right. But right. he wouldn't have he would never have needed this kind of transformation to execute that, but it could be that for some reason that uh that kind of direction from the visage was reactionary, you know, where he's like, okay, we have to change the plan a little bit. Here's what you need to do now and Maybe this phase six thing that um, that six transforms into was a part of whatever the original plan was and has kind of come back around. If that made some sense, like he's sticking to the original plan for some reason or another. Yeah. You know, the longer we talk about this, I've got uh, this phase six up on my screen and I'm just now noticing that the spikes on his back are actually more like exhaust pipes. No, they yeah, they kind of are. Yeah, they're like leaking smoke and they look like exhaust pipes. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he it he does kind of remind me a little bit like of xenomorph morphology. Um, Very much so. Yeah, and and uh, Tom Mack and I were talking briefly in the Discord this morning that I, if we needed further confirmation of six B and Nomu like at least this is it. You know, totally. Like we definitely knew he had been fiddled with, um, but I think that that line about um, two. To the visage from six that uh, basically uh, my body can do things that yours couldn't also speaks to like, hey, we we took this quirk and we figured out 
kind of other quirks to combine it with to make it as efficient and effective as possible. And that means that I've got some abilities that your physically limited body couldn't that open this quirk's abilities wide open in a way that it, you you couldn't have managed on your own, given your, you know, otherwise standard body, if that makes some sense. Totally. Yeah, no, I think that was a dead ringer. Uh, so, yeah, I'm interested in seeing where this goes, because this last panel just leaves off with with this phase six, you know, character staring us down. I think Koichi's going to be in for it these next couple chapters. Yeah, like I said, I think we're going to see some evolutions in Six's overclock abilities. Uh, so that'll be interesting. I'm curious to see what the name of Phase Six is. It seemed like all the other phases had um, pretty distinct, like names or or motivations, goals. So I'm curious to see if this one uh, gets a name or not. And I'm curious to see if this is like final form, or are we being freezed? You know, like this is, <laughs> you know, form number one. He's he's able to transform, but is this all that he can do? Because his body seems to have a fairly limitless malleability. So like conceivably he could change his body into whatever he wanted to. So, you know, um, is, does that mean that this transformation isn't necessarily something that, um, maybe not something that he's had, he's had this finite transformation, this determined transformation, but this is something where he goes, okay, to meet the demands of the current circumstances, I need to do this with my body. And then he just does that thing almost like, again, a kind of a reactionary instead of a determined kind of transformation. So I'd be curious to see if, if we see more looks on six, um, as he again, kind of responds or reacts to the circumstances and situations that lie before him as he continues to try to kill Koichi. I'm really interested in seeing how much longer this fight can go one-on-one. I mean, at some point in time, we know there are other heroes in Naruhata that are going to finish doing what they're doing and catch up. And we know Soga's on the way. So it, I don't feel like we can have too many more chapters of it being just Koichi versus Six. Yep, and you're still waiting on Knuckle Duster to roll up on the scene. Dude, any moment now. Any moment. Yeah. Like he's got there's no way he doesn't come back before the end of this series. No way. I, I meant to mention this last episode cuz it fit a little better with um All Might kind of getting distracted um with the with those uh like Japanese folklore tradition things. Yeah. Um but it reminded me of the the ends of those chapters reminded me of uh, the One Punch Man video game. I can't the hero nobody knows or something like that. It's a three v three fighting game, like an arcade fighter. And you can choose to play as Saitama. But if you do, then he's the third member of your team. And when you load into the match, his entrance. So he's he's Saitama powered, right? He's still One Punch Man. He's invulnerable to attack damage. And if he punches you at all. Even if you're at full health, you're dead, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, so they kept him at that level of power. So you're thinking like kind of the way that All Might's been portrayed in Vigilantes. It's like if he shows up, he could just do the thing in a blink of an eye, whatever the thing is. Um, <laughs> so this, when you load into the match, there's like a countdown and it shows Saitama kind of running. It's like a little picture in picture thing underneath your health bars. And he's kind of jogging in your, obviously in your general direction. And then uh, when the countdown hits zeros, uh, he's on the he's on the scene, and then all you have to do is like walk up. You could take you take no damage. You just walk up and punch them, and then that character is dead. Uh, so that's kind of what they were doing with uh, All Might in the last episode. Just he ha- he was like in this little picture and picture thing where he was maybe going to respond to something, but he keeps getting distracted. <laughs> so they're just keeping the super overpowered guy off of off of the scene. Uh, I don't think 
it, it would be an unsatisfying, well, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. It would, right now, it feels like it would be unsatisfying if All Might swung onto the scene and was the the person who ultimately defeated Six. Oh, yeah. That's, I don't want that That's what all. I would say right I now. I would hate that. That would feel cheap in so many ways. Yeah. So uh, I, I do think that this is going to be Koichi's victory in the end. Uh, I'm curious to see how he's able to pull that off. I don't even know that he has to do it in isolation or on his own. Like you're saying, Knuckle Duster and Soga could play a role in that. Although at this point, like if Soga rolls up to this scene, does he kind of do like like Krillin did in Super Android 13 where he gets there and he like sees the transformation and he's like, nah, dog, this is this is out of my uh, out of my league. Hey, like I wouldn't last two seconds. Krillin you know, just... tried. He tried in that movie. He got off a blaster too. Only when he absolutely, only when literally everybody else was unconscious. <laughs> I don't blame know? him. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying if you're so good, do you roll up on the bike, see this new form of six and just uh, quietly back the bike up? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, like maybe if they, if they don't see me, I can plausibly deny that I was ever here. Or you just never <laughs> stop. You just keep going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As you're passing Koichi. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Doppler effect of shouting <laughs> good luck. That would be funny, too. Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, man, I'm super excited um, to to continue with Vigilantes. Uh, so uh, this is this is one massive fight. Um, and we every chapter we're seeing new abilities uh, on behalf of both Koichi and Six, which is always exciting. New applications, new discoveries, new frustrations. So uh, it makes all the sense that we would continue to anticipate uh, all that and more as this as this narrative works its way to its conclusion is Absolutely. what it seems like it's doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, as far as next episode goes, episode 100, we don't know yet. We've not really discussed off air if we're going to be covering chapters 108 and 109. So maybe we'll let you know in a tweet or something. Uh, so that way you're not reading needlessly. If you don't want to, uh, we will for sure be having trivia questions and discussions and all kinds of fun stuff. So episode 100 is going to be big. It's going to be awesome. I'm not sure if we will cover the next two chapters yet or not, but we will let you know as soon as we can. Yeah, we'll figure it out. In the meantime, look us up on Twitter. Uh, leave us reviews on iTunes and Spotify if you would be so kind. Um, and then you can also look at the description of this episode and participate in that questionnaire. Remembering now, you know, this thing that we're not advertising outside of people who actually sit down and listen to the podcast, uh, that filling out that questionnaire will give you an automatic entrance uh, to win uh, either a prize pack um, from Adam and I of some hand-selected items or uh, a cash equivalence, uh, you know, through Amazon or something like that for our overseas listeners and friends. Yes, and if you want an extra podcast to listen to and you uh, enjoy listening to us, then check out Kyo Cinema. Next week, we are going to be covering uh, the Broly movie, which the very first Broly movie, not the newest one. Uh, but a lot of people really like that movie. So come uh, hang out with Kyo Cinema. I, I might go home and watch it tonight. I'm not even going to lie. Maybe even twice. Uh, you're going to watch it twice, back to back? Maybe. Maybe. I, I have a weird nostalgic draw towards this movie that I haven't seen in I don't know how many years. I'm I'm setting myself up to be disappointed is what I'm doing. But um, I do remember just being... it. It's definitely... like Some of my favorite visuals in all of Dragon Ball are definitely in the Broly movies. Like, you know, the cool, like get thrown into a cliff and make a perfect circle indentation. <laughs> yeah. That's definitely in one of the Broly movies. That's happening. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited yeah. for that. 
Well, I am excited as well. Um, I don't remember it as vividly as you do. I have only ever seen that movie one time, and it was like right before a big football game, and we were all watching it on, on the drive there in some dude's car in like a four by four little tiny TV box. I don't Gosh, remember what a nerd. Yeah, I don't remember much about that at all. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what I think about it post you know four or five watches and discussing it with you Uh, but that's next week and then the following week we'll have episode 100 and i think that'll wrap us up for tonight that's it so we'll see you guys later see ya I'm about to sneeze. I'm going to mute the mic. I'll pick back up. Woo. I think that's it. <coughs> nope. Uh, you too? I guess so. <laughs> Sneezes and yawns. At least I was kind enough to... Uh, Excuse me. I was. I muted my mic. Jeez, I, I didn't make you audience to my sneezes. I'm just rude. You know, just for that, you can be audience to this. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we found our after credits uh, audio right there. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome, listeners.